from the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Welcome, everybody, to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Uh, you got two out of three this morning. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. I'm usually not one of the two. <laughs> so <laughs> this is uh, this is something. So me, Brian, we're here holding it down. Sammy is just traipsing all across the world. She's at a wedding in South Africa. In, uh, right. You heard, y'all heard that right. Sammy is at a wedding in South Africa. There's a couple issues, okay? And I'm going I'm, to I'm just go ahead and say it. If you have your wedding and I'm your friend and you say it's in South Africa. On another continent. On another continent <laughs> and at the bottom of that continent. Right, it's not it's not Northern Africa. No, this not. is South Africa. Yeah. You need to give me a travel voucher if you expect me to come. Yeah, I don't think I'm coming your way. I first of yeah. all, the flight's twenty hours, Ugh. and then the money you got you got to be a hell of a friend to just say, hey, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, sure. I'll pack up and for ten days and head down. Now, I guess the wedding's only a couple days. And Hold then, on, how, what, how's the wedding a couple days? Well, the wedding's like, you know, a typical wedding rehearsal on Friday. Okay. Uh, the actual ceremony on Saturday or whatever. But Sammy, Joe, and Daniel kind of stretch it out over, you know, rather than just going to South Africa for a weekend. If you're going to spend that money, stay longer. Yeah, exactly. See the sights, whatever there is to see in right. South Africa. So, it, which I'm sure there is stuff to see. I'm not... I'm not dismissing the lower part we, of the continent. We know colonizer. <laughs> we know. But, like, but if you're like, what do you like? I mean, ostensibly, you would just be going down to South Africa for the weekend to see this person get married. Right. If they hadn't extended that. Yeah. Then they, she, whoever, whoever's wedding this is. Asked people to come down there for a weekend. Right. Sammy and yeah. Sammy and Daniel had the good sense to make it a vacation. Right. But she wasn't expecting that. Mm. She just expected people to come there for two days and fly home. Yeah. Oh, are you? Hell no. I'm like, you know what? As a matter of fact, we're not friends no more. <laughs> and, I think it's great. First, right. Here's and don't get to. And that adds a lot of pressure to that marriage. You can't get divorced in the first two years and you made us come to fucking South Africa. I would be. That's- you know what? This isn't going to work. Yo, I'm not trying to hear that shit. She's like, uh, hey, guys, uh, there's something I got to tell you. We a year in. Something I got to tell you. Me and I Michael. really enjoyed your wedding, by the way. I've been meaning to tell you. Your wedding was so beautiful with the mountains and everything, well, South Africa. And well, well, thanks. I, I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, well, it's- speaking of happiness, um, I got to tell you guys that. You're uh, pregnant. <laughs> no, not not pregnant. Uh, me and me and Mike are uh, splitting up. I'm sorry. I thought I, w- but you guys were. Yeah, I know. So happy. I, we were. We when were. When I spent the ten grand to come down, and, and thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. I got you a gift too. It was great having you there. <laughs> got you a toaster. But happiness is about more than money. And no, no we're see, not that's happy. where I think you're mistaken. I think, <laughs> I think you, you need to, you better find happiness. 
because I spent ten grand and got you a toaster and showed up your wedding at the bottom of another continent. It was a hundred <laughs> it was hundred and ten degrees in February. Right. That's just a snippet of how that conversation would go. Yeah, we ain't friends good. no more. You gotta be married at least ten years before you even complain. Like you can't even be like, oh <laughs> he wouldn't take out the trash. Bitch, I don't wanna hear it. <laughs> I don't wanna hear it about that. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, I'm sure Sammy is a friend to the end, boy. That's Yeah, I just hope that, you know, she was able to contain her disappointment when she got down there and found out Hamilton wasn't playing anywhere. <laughs> oh, that's, she might have thought Hamilton was going to be there. That's probably why she went. She would go to the moon to see Hamilton, boy. But yeah, that's they're going to love it though. I, I'm not sure um I'm not sure what part of South Africa they're in. Uh when I was there, I was in Cape Town. I I was in South Africa when I was in law school. I did a study abroad in Cape Town, South Africa for a month and a half. I was there. Wow. And uh, beautiful, man. Beautiful place. And I loved it because the exchange rate, you know, like they had the RAND, which was like seven to one U.S. So you walk in there with 20 bucks and they treat you like you're Diddy or somebody (laughs) like I'd walk into the restaurant with 20. They'd be, oh, the section over here. That had my whole section like the Godfather. I had a whole section. Your bottle service. Oh, yeah, man. And women, look, you take a woman out with $5 and look like, you you know, the Cinderella story or something, man. So it was, um, it's a beautiful place, though, man. Beautiful. And we stayed, when I went, at this sort of luxury um, hotel kind of place. We had heated marble floors in the bathroom and all this stuff. Matter of fact, the staff at the hotel was talking about how rude <laughs> Nicolas Cage was. Cause I guess like when they're Americans, they just tell American stories. Right. So they were talking about <laughs> Nick Cage and how rude Nicolas Cage was when he stayed at the place we were staying. So that just tells you how nice the, the accommodations yeah. were. And it, um, it was like 24 bucks a night. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a Motel Six price, and I got to stay where Nicolas Cage was staying. And that's what travel, travel, ladies and gentlemen, get out there and travel because because there's some some beautiful places. Um, I I could tell stories about South South Africa all day long, man. I've been to Canada, but I grew up 20 minutes from there, so that wasn't such a big deal. And I've been to Mexico, Canada and Mexico. That's it. Yeah. So little up north, little down bottom. Yeah. So what? Why not anywhere else? Not wanting to travel, just not the money to go. No, I would love to travel. We just haven't haven't been able to. Yeah, we have. I worked in time, broadcasting money. for a long time. Yeah, so there's no money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they bled us dry. There's no, there's no money. Well, yeah. you need to see if Sammy can adopt you because she finds a way to go everywhere. <laughs> Check the adoption laws and see if it. If, at I'll have 50, to see if she can do that at thirty and fifty. You yeah, might, you you'll need some mental disability, but she might be. <laughs> You might be able to swing your way into I that think household. You can, you can make the argument. I, <laughs> there's, there's a disability there. Tara could make the could, argument that there might be some. You got that right. Uh, might be touched. So you sound like you're playing hurt a little bit today. Uh, man, listen, let me tell you. <laughs> Here's the thing. My father is in town for CIAA, and whenever they come in town, uh, I love hanging with my dad, his uh, my uncles, his friends. So we all get together and just drinking, chilling, talking tra- all through the night. Yeah. This is what happens. The uh, CIAA, by the way, the tournament, uh, basketball tournament. Yes. Uh, it's a conference, I believe, historically black colleges. Historically right? black colleges. Uh, uh, I don't know what CIAA stands for. It's like Central Intelligence Athletic Association. Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's right. It's Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Uh, they hold their men's and women's 
end of the season basketball tournament, the conference basketball tournament here in Charlotte. Yes. Uh, every year. Yes. And it's here this weekend. Yes, it's here this weekend. And if you have never been to CIAA, uh, it's a great time. There's parties. There's there's great food. There's cool games. There's there's all kinds of celebrities throwing parties. All kinds of celebrities yeah. throw, throw parties. Hardly any white people. They don't. <laughs> White people leave Charlotte like it's the Walking Dead, like yeah, they like zombies have come in, and I'm like nobody's gonna eat you. You don't have to run, but they they shut up, they board up their houses, and they and white people get to get the hell out of Dodge. I told this joke uh, the other night when I performed. I said uh, Black Panther. I went to see that, and one of my buddies told me. Um, he said, "Man, he said it was crazy just to see a world." Uh, without white people. He said, I grew up here in America, so it's just crazy and fascinating to see that. And I said, you didn't have to wait for Black Panther. Just hang out in Charlotte during CIAA. Ain't no white people here. That's how I will know America is post-racial. When I see at least 50 white people at CIAA, I will say, it wasn't Barack Obama getting elected, please. If I see more than 50 white people at CIAA, I will... I will Say America. That's right. Racism is over. Racism. That's it. It's gone. We, it. we got it. We did it. Congratulations. We, we did it. We can hold hands and make Pepsi commercials. We did it. If I see some white people at CIAA, but it's 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 a phenomenal time, man. Um, and my dad's down here for that. They come down every year. It's That's like awesome. a yearly tradition for them. And now that I've got a son, he gets to hang with his grandson. So my dad's at my house right now, uh, chilling with my baby boy and uh, soaking up that time. So. Now is he as hungover as you are? Nah, <laughs> he 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 might be close. I, I don't know. He he might be close though. But what my dad does that I can't stand is if my dad drinks, my dad's one of those people that drinks and then gets like real active. Like some oh, people really? drink yeah. and chill. My dad gets drunk and calls everybody and wants to put them on the phone with me. No, you know what? You ain't talked to your uncle in a long. Let me call him right now. It's oh, like, Dad, God. I don't want to. I don't terrible. feel like talking to anybody. Yeah. Yes, and he does that. He's like, you got your comedy. You know what? I got a buddy that owns a car dealership. Hold on, I'm gonna call him. <laughs> and because y'all can, I know y'all can hook something up with that. So He's hold funny. on a second. He knows jokes. He's like that. He's, He's like, ah, come here. I got Rick on the phone. Rick, tell him, tell him, um, tell him what you do at the dealership. I was like, okay. Oh, God. Yeah, my dad's constantly trying to or, like my dad is a drunk organizer. Like he likes to come over here, come over here, so I can so because I want y'all here to hear this. Now hold on, I'm gonna put him on speakerphone. It's like dad, you don't have to coordinate a meeting. Just, but yeah. So so it, long story short, I'm I'm having a great time. Um, they're here until Sunday, so we all chilling, chilling till then. As a matter of fact, they came to my comedy show. Uh, I headlined here at the Comedy Zone. Uh, Blair Nias, uh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the comedians here, has a show she produces at the Comedy Zone called Almost Famous, and uh, I, I came on to headline that show, and it was a uh, it was a great show. It was a great show. I got on social media, and I made a video to promote it and stuff. And I talked about how we had great comics from top to bottom. But when I said that, I only I really knew like two out of the five. But I, you know, you say those things to promote. You know, yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. got to be the biggest, best thing. But in all, I'll tear down the fourth wall here. I knew two out of the five. It's marketing. It's, it's marketing, yeah. right? But I was happy once the show started. I was like, oh. Turns out I was right. That's awesome. So the first comedian came up; they were good. Second one was good. Third one was better. Next one was really good. Then, and at that point, 
you go from damn i'm glad this is a solid show to okay i gotta headline this yeah, shit I gotta follow and i gotta run the anchor leg and i gotta be real real good yeah. if they were really good i gotta be really really good but i i went up there and uh got in my zone man and did my thing and um you know i held down the headline spot well so i was happy it was a good show that's awesome that's great yeah. had a ton i had a, and i had a ton of other local uh, uh, other attorneys i know and my family my dad was in the audience my uncle was in the audience so and i'm and i'm cool with that i like people coming to see me i just don't like to know who is coming so yeah, yeah. if if i know coworkers are coming that's cool but I don't like when the one coworker texts me and says, we got Angela coming, Tony, Rick, uh, yeah, Mike, wanna. Scott. Like, I don't need to know the names because then I'm looking to – when I'm on stage performing, I'm looking to see where they are and if they're having a good time. I'd rather just see them after the show and be like, oh, yeah. that was great, and talk with them after. But I don't like knowing who's there before. I don't like that. Have you ever – have you been on stage and kind of looked out you know, and you can't see really kind of past the first table, maybe half of the yeah of the second table, particularly generally. here in the comedy zone because the lights are kind of right right on top of you. Right. But have you looked out in the audience ever and, and like seen someone and been like, oh, oh that, yeah. yeah, hey, that person's here. Oh yeah. yeah, I had one of my one of my coworkers, a good buddy of mine. Him and his wife were at the in the front row, like right by, so I could see all the jokes that hit. Yeah, I could see any that didn't. Um, they were right there. Yeah. So and and then you, but you got to be careful. Like I said, because if you sometimes when you know people, you you end up performing for them. Right. Right. And you focus too much on them, and if a joke doesn't work with them, you that's in your head. And yeah. You know, I like it when I just do my thing, and I'm not really worried about that. Yeah, I, I try to do that. I don't think I want my friends in the front row. Yeah. But your but your friends want to sit in yeah, the front yeah, row. Yeah. That's the thing is yeah. there's there's a conflict of interest. <laughs> Because you're interested in them sitting as far away as possible, yeah. and they're interested in sitting as close as possible. Yeah. So that's how the show was, but it was it was good. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you're hosting uh, the March Mania tournament here at the. I am. I'm back hosting the March Mania competition. I make it a point every year to come back and do that. Um, as famous as I am, um, <laughs> I still, you know, because I got to come back and still show that I'm a man of the people. And I got to show love to my home club. Right. And I got to show love to Debbie Millwater. Right. Who, who, is, who uh, uh, produces that tournament. She produces that tournament and had a, a, a major hand in getting me exposure and, and getting me on these stages. And uh, so I always come back and, number one, show love to her and, and be a part of that. And, number two, keep my hosting skills sharp. Because yeah, as you sure. start the headline and you, you're doing these shows all over the place, you – sometimes can lose that MC touch and as the MC it's your responsibility you're one of the most important parts of the show absolutely so I like the pressure of making sure a show goes well because let me give you a spoiler alert some of these comedians ain't gonna be that funny okay <laughs> and they're gonna be competing though and yeah. the thing that you don't want is let's say you Brian are up against another comedian in this tournament which I will be on March thirteenth. By oh, the way, oh you oh you going to be competing? I'm in. Oh yeah, yeah. shit! Okay. Oh, oh business <laughs> just picked up now. All right. Uh, okay. So you you and another comedian. So March thirteenth, yeah. and the other comedian comes out and bombs, and in worst case scenario, bombs with offensive material. Yeah. yeah. So and then all of a sudden it's your turn to compete, but you got a crowd that all the energy's been sucked out of them. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to go up and revive a dead crowd, but you only got what five minutes? Yeah, it's tough. So right, so and so my job as the MC 
is to make sure that there's a live hot crowd ready for you when you get up there. Yeah, it's a tough spot. Yeah, it's so I got to come out and clean up the destruction that happened yeah. before you. Without pooping on the guy who came out. Before, Without the pooping on the guy, before. right, because there's a fine line. Because you, you have to be able to acknowledge what happened. Mm-hmm. But you, can't, you don't want to kill somebody's dreams. Right, right. Right. So I try to find slick ways of acknowledging it, but not downing to person, downing the person to the point where you know they don't want to come back on stage ever again. Right, right. You know, right. so I try to try to find a midpoint. So yeah. it's that's a dance you got to do as the, as the host, and that's why I like it. Yeah. So one day, you know, when you see me, when y'all see me on one of these game shows or hosting, let's make a deal or Price is Right <laughs> or who knows, <laughs> yeah. it'll be because I kept continuing. And D Ray Davis taught me that. Uh-huh. Uh D Ray, yep. he's been on the show a couple times. Um, D-Ray, I was working with him early on in my career, and um, D-Ray was, uh, I was congratulating him on hosting a couple game shows that he had done, and I said, I wanted to ask you, man, just some career advice. I said, as I start to feature and headline and all that stuff, uh, do you think I should still MC sometimes, or just once you hit the next stage, that's it for the, and he said, listen, man, I make it a point to still host. He said, I host right now. He said, he got a show in LA. I think it might be called Mo Better Mondays or something like right, that out, right. in, out in LA that he hosts every Monday. He said, I make sure to do that, to keep that skill sharp. And lo and behold, he's got a couple of shows he hosts, yeah. uh, Hollywood Hip Hop Squares and all this other stuff because he keeps that hosting, those hosting chops sharp. Yeah, I think it's such a different skill set. You know, you can go up and do your own material that you're super comfortable with, but, you know, to come up and do a minute, you know, in between, you know, comics, like you said, it's, it's you know, sometimes hit or miss whether they're funny or not. Right. You know, and to kind of take the, the, the like you said, the energy of the audience and get them back up to a certain level so the next guy doesn't have to fight off a, a, a low-energy audience. Exactly. That's the, that's, um, because then... You know, it's a bad experience for everyone else if you if you can't do that. Yeah. So yeah, I like to and it, and it sometimes it uh, gives me great material because I might be wanting to come out and have a little fun with something somebody said before me, yep. and then all of a sudden that becomes a new bit. Yeah. You know. So um, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to it. So I try to, as long as I can, I'm going to make it a point to be here for the March Mania competition. I that's. I enjoy doing that. And I love working with Debbie, too, so yeah. it's always a good time. So, yeah, so the March Mania tournament actually starts uh, this coming Tuesday is the first part of the first round. And then there's a second part of the first round, which is the part I'm in on March 13th. So, so I need to be here Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're I didn't gonna know it started that, that soon. Does yeah. it start that soon? Yeah. Yeah, it's this March is now. March, this is this, as we record, as we sit there right now, it's March 2nd. Yeah. You know what? Um <laughs> I want to go ahead and formally announce I will not be hosting uh, March Mania this year. I didn't know it started Tuesday. Yeah. That's so, too soon. That's, yeah. I can't believe it's March. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. Ah, shit. It is crazy. Yeah, so uh, this, so what would that be, March 6th? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, so March 7th, Tuesday. I want to drop a Tuesday that week. Yeah. Tuesday. I want to drop a quick jewel on everybody just, you know, because I've been doing comedy some years now. And I've worked with some of the greats from all over. And I just want to give a quick pro tip to anybody pursuing comedy. Um, when you get a gig, write down when it is. <laughs> now, I know it sounds, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I w- how would you think of that? But write down gigs. That is golden. You're not going to get this advice just anywhere. Kids. No, no. So. That's, you got to have someone that's worked with the greats to hear that. You write down the name, the place, 
when it is and the time. <laughs> Write those things down and look at it again. <laughs> so you know if you got some shit coming up Tuesday. <laughs> That's just a pro tip, though. We like That's, to give them out on the podcast. It's, it's that inside information. Jules. That you're not going to get anywhere else. We drop jewels, Brian. I mean, that's you <laughs> write know, it, write it down. Part of what we bring to the table. Let's uh, let's let's take a little break. Yeah, and uh, we've got some heavy stuff to talk about in the second segment, but uh, we'll get through that. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about my ordeal last week. <laughs> I can't wait. And <laughs> and we will um we'll get to that. So say uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. Welcome back to Classic Rock Mondays. A little old school REM. <laughs> Nothing says CIAA like old school <laughs> REM. Wait, wait for Brian to catch, capture the mood of the city with with uh, <laughs> old school REM. Uh, so, uh, a couple couple uh, things we need to get to on a more serious tangent. Uh, friend of the podcast. Uh, Friend of mine, friend of Brian's, um, comedy legend, uh, one of the pioneers of Boston comedy, um, Barry Crimmins, and that's and before that's before we even get into everything he did protecting children and yeah. protecting children's yeah. rights and um, Barry Crimmins, a a legend, and I don't use that word on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Crimmins was a legend. And uh, he passed away, uh, was it two nights ago? Would have been, yeah, overnight Wednesday, it sounds like. Yeah. 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 So uh, March, basically February 28th, March 1st, somewhere around. Yeah, so we, we really did, we lost a special one. Um, and when I first saw the news, honestly, I just couldn't believe it. I just, I, I, I wasn't even ready for a world without Barry Crimmins. Yeah, I really wasn't, yeah. really hadn't prepared myself for that. Yeah, and it's funny because you, you, we didn't. I mean, you know, you came and saw a show, mm-hmm. and and on that night we had him here, and he spent ninety minutes with us. Right. First of all, he did not have to do that. No. You know, we would have been thrilled with the usual twenty, and he spent ninety minutes with us and went through stuff. It was at the height of of when the uh, Call Me Lucky film um, mm-hmm. had come out that uh, his friend uh, Bobcat Goldthwait directed. Right. About his story. Um, it spent you know ninety minutes and was just as gracious and as sweet and as 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 I mean just you know you couldn't help but fall in love with the guy right and um and felt like you know you'd known him forever yeah you know and we spent you know under you spent a little more time with him than I did, I did but we spent you know two hours with the guy. Yeah, and just felt like like you know, legitimately. When I heard he was sick, it was like a you know a punch in the gut. And then seeing you know waking up to the news on Thursday morning that he'd passed away was yeah. was uh, you know not great. And 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 it's just amazing how people can do that. People you know in ninety minutes, two hours, a little bit more than that. In your case, can can just kind of grab you by the heart like that. And, yeah, um, it. It uh, it was, you know, it, it was shocking. And if you haven't 
had the chance to check out Call Me Lucky. One of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah. And um, for those that don't, that have not listened to his interview on the podcast, do yourself a favor. Your life will be enriched by familiarizing yourself uh, with Barry Crimmins and what he's done and his work. I mean, you you won't meet a person that is that level combination of fearlessness and heartfulness yeah if it's <laughs> yeah. not a word it should it be. is now yeah it is now uh the, but that combination of fearlessness and heart um you don't find and um he just it oozed out of him and um i'm a better comedian uh a more thoughtful person uh for knowing uh barry crimmins so we will miss him uh we will we will be thinking about him and thinking about the laughs and his bits. And I'm going to go back and look at his movie again. And how many children um, have been saved, have been helped? How many adults who've suffered that um, childhood trauma? And for those that aren't familiar with Barry Crimmins story, he was, he was sexually abused uh, as a child uh, by an older uh, babysitter. And, um, and he, and he recounted on the podcast, brutal stuff. Yeah. And uh, he, turned around and ultimately started going in i think aol chat rooms and pretending posing as someone that was into child pornography and he busted those up and took aol to task and went in front of congress yeah and uh you in in the documentary covers him battling with um you know the battling with their legal representatives and i think at the time aol had like a three strikes policy Right. For, yeah. for for child sex and child pornography. Not like, all right, yeah. all right now, that's two. Like that's liter that was literally the policy before Barry Crippens got involved. Yeah. And then um, you know, it became a zero tolerance policy and a lot of things changed because of him and this one man uh crusade. So I just shouts out to Barry. We're gonna we're gonna miss the hell out of him. Yeah. And uh his wife as if as if losing Barry wasn't bad enough, his wife, who they actually just fairly recently got married also battling cancer. Right. So they could use your help. So uh, there's information online uh, if you're moved enough to do so by his story. Um, we, we um, I woke up on Thursday morning and um, when I saw the news, I immediately went back and I grabbed our uh, interview with him. And initially we had spread it because he spent so long with us, we spread it out over two shows. I took his whole interview as one piece and put it up. So literally, if you get us on iTunes or on Stitcher or SoundCloud or wherever you listen to us, um, our entire interview with Barry Crimmins will will literally be the podcast that's right before this one. Okay. Yeah. Um, on the rundown. So finish listening to this one, and then uh, go back and listen to our uh, great our interview. interview with Barry Crimmins. It's 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 unbelievable, and I I I would challenge you to listen to the entire ninety minutes and not fall in love with this guy as well because he's right. just a sweet, sweet guy. Yeah, but that that interview and interviews like that one are the reason that I signed on to do this, yeah. uh, to have yeah. thoughtful conversation with interesting people. And you, that is the zenith. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, you, you just got to hear the guy. It's just he's he's unbelievable. So, like I said, I'm going to miss him. We're going to miss him. And um, he's gone, but he'll he'll he won't be forgotten. Yeah. Um, it, and how many comics, you know, <laughs> careers did he launch? I mean, to, to uh, Bobcat, to, to Kevin Meany, to, uh, you know, anyone who's come out of Boston 
has been influenced by Barry Crimmins and 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 or had their career launched in the in the in the in the in the back room at a Chinese restaurant, right? Uh, and, in and, Boston, it's amazing. And the, and the man had every reason, if there is a such a thing, if there is such a thing, every reason to be an arrogant yeah. prick. Oh, every reason. Yeah. Like you see some of the legends and some of the goats, as people call them, and you meet them, and you, they have the attitude that comes with that. Yeah. But Barry was so humble, yeah. so giving with his time, with advice. I mean, he came to see my set. Uh, one of the the nights he was here and and had positive things to say about me, which is like, which is like a porterhouse steak, complimenting a Salisbury microwave. Yeah, if he <laughs> if he did not like you, he was going to tell you. Right, he was very. If you did, if your comedy wasn't what he thought, he it would be, tell you. He, yeah, right. So which was him, so right. I you know so you couldn't. I walked on cloud nine for months after That's that because yeah. Barry had nice things to say about my my comedy. Um, but. Like I said, he was a he was a friend, and he said as much. He he considered us friends, and um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm I'm not always great with this, you know, talking too much about it because there's there's so much. It's like standing at the bottom of a mountain, you know, like okay, let's explain the mountain. Like you just have to dig into his work and dig into his catalog, dig into the Call Me Lucky uh, documentary, dig into the podcast with us, and I'm telling you. You'll come out on the other side better for it. So yeah. we, we'll miss you, Barry. And uh, thanks for sharing a piece of yourself with us. So uh, I had a rough week. Yes, let's talk about your <laughs> anus. Let's talk about Brian's booty hole. Perfect transition. So I, I gave it a little pause. We'll call you I lucky. Gave it, I gave it, yes, please. Please do. Anytime you come out on the other side of this, all right. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna call you lucky. So I'm at that age now where where uh, it it it's just a thing you got to do. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's it's uh, well and, the thing it being uh, a, a colonoscopy, a screening. Yes. So initially, my doctor said, you know, unless you're showing symptoms or something weird in your in your blood levels, um, you know, I don't necessarily think there's any reason for you to do this. So this was when I first turned fifty a couple years ago. So my doctor leaves for a little while, and I have another doctor, and uh, I'm in uh, talking with her about something. And she's great. She's the one who thought that maybe there was some sleep apnea going on. So she's 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 on top of things. My other doctor's on top of things as well, but just had, hadn't put the sleep apnea pieces together. So uh, it, the, she says, have you had a colonoscopy? And I said, well, no, Dr. Yabba Yabba says uh, that unless I, you know, unless I show, you know, any sort of symptoms, I don't necessarily have to do that. And she just looked at me. Wow. I said, so you want me to do this? <laughs> I assume she goes, yeah, you need to, we should, we should do that. So this was back in like October. Uh, the first opening, so to speak, uh, where they had unavailability was February 23rd last last February. so I had to wait 6 months like a sitting like waiting for you know something horrible to happen for 6 months just knowing that this is in my future is not as much fun as it sounds either it's death row so um uh the time comes and i have to there's a month or so in advance there's an initial screening um, where they ask you to come into the and everything, and it turns out if you're uh, if you're a person of average size, you can just do it in the office where the doctor is. 
if you're a person of my size, which is uh, freakishly large, mm-hmm. uh, you have to go to the hospital to have it done as a as a as an actual surgical procedure. Oh my! So it's not like there's cutting involved, but but it's a it's a different thing if you're if you're large because you have to bring in the heavy equipment. Apparently, I don't know what the deal. So, um, I will say the prep and the post. So before and after are worse than the actual procedure. How so? For the procedure, you're asleep. Okay. So they knock you out. They use a propofol, which is the same stuff that killed Michael Jackson. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so that, they, that alone would have scared me. <laughs> you gonna give me the shit that killed Michael? In a different dose. It's a it's a slightly different. So um, I don't remember anything from the procedure other than kind of rolling over on my side and then falling asleep. And then I woke up in the in the recovery room and everything was fine. Your booty didn't feel funny? No, it didn't. Because I'm assuming, you know, if they're just using the standard side sized camera and my freakishly large booty. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm assuming it's it's like, you know, throwing a hot dog down a hallway. I thought you were <laughs> Okay, I'm glad that's the direction that. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, I imagine that that it, it, so. I thought I thought if, and there was a part of my mind that goes, I hope he doesn't go because I, I have bigger things in there than that. So, the... <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly where I was going to go with that. Okay. So the day before, you can't eat solid food for the entire day before the procedure. <laughs> so you're on water, clear liquids, or Jello. That's yeah. it. Um, I'm a food guy. Yeah. I enjoy food. Yeah. So the day before is not much fun. <sighs> it's just like chicken bullion and, oh. and uh, y- you know, um, you don't get to chew on anything. Nothing. Y- no snacks, no popcorn. Straight no liquid. Um, yeah. And you also can't have like nuts or potato chips or anything that doesn't digest properly for like the whole week before the procedure. Because they don't want any... You know, they didn't want any bogeys in the compound, if you know what I mean. Avalanche! <laughs> right, so. Get out of there! Uh, at uh, at 6 o'clock the night before, you have to take the first round of the stuff that cleans you out. Which is a, 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 uh, it's a, it's a beverage. Okay. So you mix it with water or clear soda. Yeah. And you have to drink. It's I. I want to say it's two cups worth of that stuff at six the night before. Mm. In the next hour, you have to drink two more cups of water. So you're drinking sixteen, thirty, forty-eight ounces of water in in an hour. Oh, and that's when the 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 show really starts. Oh my! Because you're it's cleaning you out, right? Yeah. So uh, there's that. So you haven't eaten all day. Now. You're spending the majority of your time from from six in the evening until you go to bed at about twelve in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, another six hours before the procedure. My procedure was at ten thirty in the morning. So at four thirty in the morning, you have to do that whole cycle with the stuff again. Oh my god! So drink, you know, Come another on, sixteen ounces of the stuff that makes you go, and another thirty-two ounces of water after that. Come so on. for another two or three hours then in the morning. Oh. On like three hours of sleep, you're spending most of your time in the bathroom again. This is horrible. <laughs> it's it ain't great. Man, it's that's why great. people just opt to just risk cancer. <laughs> so uh, I show up at the hospital. Everything's great. Uh, the staff there is uh, fantastic. Uh, um, 
Novant uh, Medical Center in in uh, Matthews. Fantastic, wonderful, friendly people. They know what I'm up against. Um, super nice and friendly. Could not have been a better, uh, a more professional staff. Fantastic. So I go in. I'm changed. The gown doesn't really fit me right. They don't have any big gowns. My ass is hanging out of the gown. So you had on a midriff. <laughs> yeah, the gown only goes to like here See, under my ribcage. <laughs> so, um, um, and everybody, I don't know if, if like they must not see very many big people, like tall, large people. Like I, and I know, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I'm six eight, three hundred right. and let's say fifty pounds. They don't want to put that order in because they're not going to get that many people that height. Right. But I'm always amazed. I've had like five knee surgeries. I've had this done. I've had a couple other procedures. The medical staff at these places is always shocked at how large I am. Really. And like, don't like athlete. I mean, professional athletes you come through think, these places. Come, yeah. Like, like don't. I mean, there's they're always like, oh, you you don't fit on the gurney, ha ha, and you don't the gown doesn't fit you, and your feet are hanging over the th- like we've never seen this before. Am I? Yeah. I'm I'm apparently the largest person in Charlotte who's ever had a medical procedure, because everybody is shocked. <laughs> maybe they're shocked that you're that big and not a professional athlete. <laughs> that may be it. That may be it. So we they have a professional athlete staff that comes in, but when they heard you weren't one, they thought they just came in and thought it was a regular. Thursday. They brought the regular people in. Then you came in professional athlete size. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I get wheeled into the room. Yeah. And uh, the first thing I notice, everything, it's a surgery room. I mean, it's a regular, you know, surg- surgical room. The first thing I notice is that on one of the computers, they're playing music. What kind of music? Uh, Mrs. Jones by Counting Crows. Oh. Yeah. And, me. Yeah. and I said, you know, not to be confused with me and Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul. Me right. and yeah, Mrs. No, different, Jones. Right, right. Different. The lesser of the two. The, yeah. Yeah. So I get wheeled in the, in the room. I recognize the song and I say, you know, if Counting Crows is the last thing I ever hear, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and everybody kind of laughed and it kind of yeah. broke. Yeah, so it was funny. Yeah, what are they thinking? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They should first of all, you should be able to decide what is playing, right? If they if you're gonna, you know, have yeah, it this could happen. be. If you're gonna be violated, it could be the last. I'm gonna if be, you're gonna violate me, I should get to choose the music. And it could be the last time stuff happens. Yeah, it, it's. Don't you, know, you want me to relax? Right. Isn't me relaxing <laughs> part of this? You might clamp somebody's finger off. It's true. You need something to relax you. Yeah, anything. Anything. Anything so, but kind of crazy. And you're giving me propofol. That killed Michael Jackson. Right, exactly. I need to calm down. Right. So don't give me counting crows. Yeah. What, 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 if you could have chose the song to have your booty dug in, what song would you pick? Well, if it's if it's just, you know, having the, having the you know, having the, having, getting looked at, or yeah. is it like, you know, this could be the last song I ever hear. This might be, when it, look, <laughs> before the propofol hits. Yeah, right, right. That's whatever, yeah. Uh, it would. I would probably have to go something Beatles, something. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Something that you know meant means something. You know, from when I was growing up or whatever. You know, something that, you know, if this is it, you know, if I'm gonna fall asleep, and I did. There is when you reach a certain age. There's there's a, a chance thought in your head when you go. If I fall asleep, I might not wake back up. I, I mean, that could just be it. Right. 
and fucking Counting Crows is going to be the last, <laughs> the last thing I hear. So, <clears throat> uh, and then the doctor apparently had been off for a little while. Stop it. Like out. Stop it. The surgeon. He had a wedding in South Africa. So he comes, he comes in the room and everyone's like, oh, congratulations, Dr. Blah, and Yabba, yabba. They're like clapping. I'm like, oh, congratulations. What's going on? He said, oh, he, he and his wife just had twins 12 days ago. Oh, man, he ain't even sleeping. <laughs> That's what I said. I said oh, can man. I get a doctor I, I, I who's rested? A doctor. Can I, I want a doctor with no kids <laughs> or kids that died. <laughs> no, nah, I don't want no doubt. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, can, can I get a doctor? So now you got Counting Crows and a doctor. Who's sleep deprived. They might be counting sheep. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's strike two. Yeah, definitely strike two. So I roll over. They set me up with the IV. And the woman, you know, I roll over on my side, and now my ass is hanging out. And the woman, the plunger with the propofol in it is 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 like right next to my head. So I'm watching the anesthetist, anesthetist, the anesthesiologist. Yeah, anesthesiologist. Um, takes all. I'm just like, you know, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna put you under now. It's like, okay. So they, you know, he squeezes the plunger, and I'm like, that may be the last. I who knows? Because there's something that. You know, like I said, when you reach a certain age, it's like I this could be it. So that's the needle. Um, it took up to your IV. Oh, okay, so they and so they just it put in. it into the IV. So because you know, with the procedure you're having, we don't want people to confuse plunger. Oh, true. So Fair point. this is the plunger for the IV drip. Fair point. Yeah. So, uh, and that stuff hits you fast. Does it? Like within probably five seconds, I was like, "Whoa, this is you know." And and I looked up at the um, anesthetist. And I said that that's it, that's it already, honey. He goes, "Yep, you'll be asleep in no time," and I don't remember anything after that. Damn, that's how that's how ribs it's do me. Su- <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, super fast. <laughs> yeah. So everything went fine. I wake up in the room. Now the problem in the aftermath, okay, is that uh, they fill you full of air when they do this. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> So they fill your large intestine. Why? With their in, in order t- to provide a clear pathway, so the camera can do what it needs to do when it's inside. Is technology not to the point where we don't have to drink water for ten days and all this <laughs> shit? Why are we? Are what is this? Yeah, I, it, I, I, be honest, Brian. Some of this feels a little primitive. Well, they gotta uh, blow you up. Yeah, they gotta like a beach ball. They gotta blow air up your ass. Blow air up your ass. Right. Just to get a camera in. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Camera's supposed to be that big. Tiny. Chips. Don't be, I watch Black Mirror. They, they gotta have cameras. <laughs> to get this. You should be able to drink. You should be able to like a pill to drink the camera with some water. And have it just move through you and take all the pictures and then come on out and then get the negatives. Yeah, now they can do that. I know that one of the things, and I'll get to this in a second, but one of the things that they do do is, is, that they, uh, um, is there's instruments on the tube which allow them to remove anything that may be suspect okay. along the way. So they can kill two birds with one stone in there while they're looking around. If they see something, that they, they can remove it, sample it, and then okay, you know, remove All it right. and send it um, into the lab. So, but the problem with being filled full of air is that now you're filled full of air, and it hurts Ooh. because you are, you are just a giant. Like, think of the worst gas you've ever had. Done. Multiply that by fifty. Oh come on! 
and it doesn't come out easily, right? How does so, it not it just it you have to be just it was three hours or so like I was home for two hours before I felt like like I had eliminated the gas that they had shoved up inside me. So you land there like the Michelin Man. Oh, it's brutal. Blown the hell out. State puff. The staff there said, "Now we had to, to fill you up with some air, you know, in order to get the camera around." If you need to eliminate some of that air, you go right ahead. Don't worry about it. You don't have to apologize. We get it. It's So this is just another day at the office for these people. Just farting away. Like, as much as your job might be a challenge, yeah. these people are dealing with people like me who are just letting it fly. Yeah. Because, and it's a weird thing that happens because you're like, I'm... I just got to get rid of this. This is... Yeah. Because this is... And it's not... It's loud... And it's a lot. I I, I call uh, my job ass, but it's just an acronym. Yeah, right. This is they dealing with little ass at this place. No, it does not smell because it's all air, so there's no odor to it. No, that's probably what they tell you. <laughs> but so you feel better. <laughs> but it and the first time I did it, you know, I did say, you know, excuse me, and she put her. <laughs> She put her hand on my shoulder. She's like, "Don't you worry about it. You just do what you have to do." Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's oh, excuse me. It's just it's it's. I'm so sorry. But it feels so good. It's the greatest. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. So were they silent? But I mean, oh no, they, no 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 no. Yeah. Wow. There's no yeah. There was no like sneaking it like kind of like you know going over. It. <laughs> there was none of that. It's if you try to sneak, it'd probably be worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it was easily two hours after I got home before I eliminated all the gas. Are you so, serious? Yeah, oh yeah. What is Tara saying this whole time? It, to be fair, she's kind of used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Another day at the office. Right. Another day at her office. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, um, <laughs> so when they said just let loose Tara goes don't tell him that yeah, don't, 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 don't encourage um, gaseous it, clay alright <laughs> and it is after a certain time it is kind of funny because once it stops hurting you yeah. know and you're just kind of gassy because it, it, it's always funny yeah it's, it's always I'm 12 emotionally and right it's just it's always hilarious so uh, I did learn something Okay. About myself, okay. I learned that uh, the average human colon is uh, somewhere between four feet and six feet long. Whoa! Right? Uh, I have I, I have the doctor said an unusually large colon. Okay. One point seven miles. It turns out of colon. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> you all colon. I'm all colon. Um, it turns out that old saying: big feet. Big colon. Large colon, yeah. It's, it's, it's all... Swollen colon. Swollen colon. So I have an unusually large colon. Okay. Uh, which comes as no surprise. I'm 6'8". Uh, yeah. If only you could have known that before right. you <laughs> got married. <laughs> could, have, could have used that to my Oh, advantage. the ladies would have been... Uh, you'd beat them off with a stick when you tell them your colon's that big. So, hey, you know, I have an unusually large colon. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> um... They uh they did remove three uh, uh uh polyps. Now what are polyps? Polyps are just little little gross little nodules uh, that can form in in your in your colon. 
Uh, do for did they are they a result of anything or they just they just pop up? Not necessarily. I think they just kind of pop up. Okay. They they um, they do tend to be precancerous. These polyps. Oh, okay. so I just got the result uh, results uh, yesterday. Um, the type of polyps that I have are the precancerous types. He got them early enough. He is not concerned about anything. I don't have to go back for another five years, which is good, good because good. now I don't have to think about this every twelve months. Good. Um, good. So, but I'm here to tell you, had I not gotten this done, right, there could have been trouble. Wow. So. Public service announcement. Absolutely. Get this done. Men, women, uh, it doesn't matter who you are. It could happen to anybody. Um, my, you know, um, as, you know, in terms of discomfort and unpleasantness, the before and after is not great, but it's worth it to not have longer lasting problems if you don't get this checked out. So really, it's about 36 hours of discomfort and... and but it's worth it to know that now I've gotten this taken care of. It's I I do not have to be concerned. In five years, we'll go back and um, we'll see what happens again, and then I'll I'll get to tell the story again on the podcast in well, listen, twenty twenty three. But <laughs> listen, thirty six hours of discomfort. Okay, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's like one season of our podcast. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's, it's thirty six hours of discomfort. You've done this, people. Yeah. So <laughs> you've done this thrice. So so go in and get it done. And what is the age? What age range are we looking um, at? Well, they say fifty. Fifty. Okay. But I mean, I you know I can't imagine you know I mean I wouldn't necessarily elect to have it done. But if your doctor says, "Hey, it's time," listen to your doctor. Get this stuff taken care of. Uh, it it it's it's really not a huge deal. It's there are parts of it that are unpleasant, but at the end, you get to pass gas for three hours and laugh like a crazy person. So I mean, and who, listen, given that <laughs> right. chance. Who and you might that? even find out you got a long colon. Right, right. An, an unusually long colon. <laughs> Not just a long colon. An unusually long a colon. A highly above average. The colon of an, a professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly right. Well, good, man. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear yeah. everything sounds okay. Every, everything is good to go. Everything's great. Uh, it, it, you know, can't say it was fun, but uh, you know, it feels much better getting that call yesterday. Getting that, that uh, notice that you know everything is fine. We checked it out. You're all good. You're good to go. Now, are you going to talk about this at all? Is it? Are you going to talk about this at all in your performance? The March Mania competition, or are you still working on? Is it is or are you never going to talk about this? <laughs> this is, um, I I I can't imagine uh, that some of this might not creep into my. I mean, I have a seven minute story about passing a kidney stone. You do so. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that uh, this would. I I don't know that it's quite uh, March Mania material. Yeah, but uh, oh yeah, that's right because it's a longer. Yeah, it's only five, yeah because I just spent twenty minutes telling this story and. Or whatever it's twenty five. Twenty five. Oh yeah, maybe. Well, no, because we talked about Barry for fifteen. So well, that's true. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, you know I imagine there are elements of this that will creep into into uh, my quote unquote act at some point. Right. <laughs> and point. I, I just got to believe that Barry uh, is somewhere getting a kick out of the fact that uh, we transitioned from him to Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> so. If there's so, anyone that would appreciate that, I think. Yes, the only thing that could follow Barry Cribbers is your ass. 
So, well, we had to. There's no good way to make that transition. There's, there's no, no good way to make that transition. Yeah. But you know what? To be honest, um, with what we talked about uh, today, is as good a day as any to tell people that you know uh, this. Not saying that Barry didn't, of course. But yeah, no, no. Just you know, uh, take care of yourselves. And, Absolutely. You Life know. is. Look at. Um, we uh, were uh, talking about this. Before we started recording this segment, because we kind of talked about Barry and kind of you know where we'd go, uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, right, right. From earlier this week, uh, has 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 a what he referred to as as a massive heart attack, suddenly, um, and 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 uh, I'm literally in between shows in Phoenix on Monday, and uh, they got it, got him to the hospital, found out 100% blockage. In oh an artery they refer to as the Widowmaker. Normally, when you have a heart attack because of blockage in this artery, it lights out. You're done. So, Kevin, A, lucky to be alive, and B, uh, thank God. You know, nothing happened to Kevin Smith. Um, because also, one of literally the sweetest guys in the business. Just, just a You've super... met him. I, I did some, uh, some work um, with or for him and recorded his shows. Um, at the uh, Comedy Zone here, and just absolutely, just a great guy. Super friendly, warm, understands his role, understands his fans, um, took photos with every single person in the crowd. He was on his way out the door, and I said, hey, Kevin, thanks a lot. And he said, hey, do you want a picture? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, he, he was on his way out, and he said, hey, do you want a picture? Wow. So it just, uh, um, you know, a guy who who gets it. You can say whatever you want about his films, but, but uh, a super talented guy. And and just talk about you know living the life, living you know doing the projects he wants to work on, and 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 you know he figured it out a long time ago. So thank God he's okay. But you know it, it's you just don't know. So you know absolutely take care of yourself. If it's time, get yourself checked out. Yeah. Well, I mean that sounds like a perfect note to end on, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to do better next week. Yeah, I'm glad we could. <laughs> glad I glad glad we could dismount. Off of Uranus. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.